What is going on, guys? This is Brendan Burns, and welcome to The Brendan Burns Show. Join me as I interview, dissect, and share the stories of high performers who have created the life that they deserve on their terms. I sit down with speakers, professional athletes, and successful entrepreneurs from all over the world who have chosen to live a life of fulfillment and joy over status and money. In each episode, I share actionable strategies that you can implement in your life, plus inspiration along the way. So come join me for this episode of The Brendan Burns Show. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of The Brendan Burns Show. This is really interesting. I'm trying to look directly into my camera right now, which I'm not used to doing for a few reasons. One, I do a lot of every solo episode. Historically, I've pretty much done without video, but we're making a push to get more content out there in the social media world and um, got a good team um, outsourced that I hired to chop up clips for us. So I'm on instruction from them to we're recording video for this right now. I just got the tripod set up here. And I'm looking right into the camera like I'm on TV. This is cool. So, uh, yeah, today's episode, <clears throat> really excited to do this one. Uh, this is our first 200K month, which is super exciting. And I really am hesitant to kind of lead with that because, first of all, that's revenue, not profit. Second of all, you know, money is great. It creates a lot of uh, freedom and resources and flexibility in life. However, it's not the be-all, end-all. I was just watching a really good clip of Russell Brand um, talking about that and how to kind of not idolize money and make sure you have your priorities right. However, going on this journey of building my coaching business over the past several years, I've learned a ton and I've grown a lot personally through this process. So we have done a few episodes on this topic. We did the um, how to build a 100K month coaching business infrastructure. It's a great episode um, that I did a little while ago. And then there's also the infamous how to make 300 K a month as a coaching business, which obviously I haven't hit that level yet, but, um, that was kind of born out of the game of credit card roulette that if you haven't seen that video, it's on my TikTok channel, um, where right at the end of the episode or the video, I said, Oh, it doesn't matter. The guy who lost the game had to pay the whole bill for like 10 of us he makes 300K a month. And a lot of people got riled up about that comment I made in a good way. And so I made that episode. So I talked about kind of philosophically based on being in kind of the 100K a month range, how to how I think you make 300K, um, looking at some of the people in the masterminds that I'm in and seeing what they did. So, I, But that was probably like six to nine months ago. That was, no, it was like a year ago, honestly, when I was at that event. So I've learned a lot, um, but yeah, we did the kind of philosophically how I think you can make 300K a month. Then we did the how I've made 100K a month, and now we're doing the how I did my first 200K a month. And there were definitely some specific and unique things that we did um, in July, so this past month, or, or I think it was June actually, um, our first 200K a month, but specifically how we did it and kind of what it looked like. So I've gotten it broken down into six different points that I'm gonna share with you guys today and um, just kind of walk you through how we did it. So uh, step one, first thing I wanna share is I could not have made $200,000 in one single month by myself. 
Now, maybe if you invent some kind of crazy unicorn uh, tech product or widget or something, or you have a, uh, like you're a trader and you just size up a trade to like, you know, put on a ton of risk where you can make that, right? Or maybe even online poker, I've heard people do that. But in a services business, whether coaching, consulting, legal, et cetera, it's very, very hard to make more than 100K a month um, just yourself. And even if you're going to do uh, 100K a month on your own, which is possible, you're going to get crushed and you're going to burn out. And I've experienced that firsthand and I've seen other people uh, get super burnt out doing it. So um, like I said, I, I've personally done 100K a month, not just me, maybe with like we had one commission only part-time appointment setter, but pretty much just me. So it's possible to do 100K a month on your own, but First of all, it requires a ton of work. Second of all, like I said, you'll burn out. Third of all, it's lonely. It's good to have a team for camaraderie, energy, fun. We just did our first team offsite. We uh, all went to Chicago where one of our guys from the team is based and we played mini golf and we went to a Cubs game, my first time at Wrigley Field. And uh, man, this isn't as bad as I thought. I'm looking into the camera. I'm like, okay, I can do this. <laughs> Sorry to ramble. Um, Wrigley, we went out for food. Oh, we went to RL, which is this uh, restaurant in the Ralph Lauren Polo store in downtown Chicago, which is awesome. I went there uh, like 10 years ago. Shout out to uh, the partner at Cravath, the law firm I worked at, who took me there one-on-one. That was awesome to go back and get the steak Diane again. Um, So yeah, I mean, having a team, it, it creates that camaraderie and that fun as well. But when I was doing 100K a month pretty much solo with like one advisor, mentor, and then one appointment setter, it took a ton of time to kind of do everything because with that appointment setter's help, she was kind of doing front end filtration of um, kind of some of the leads, like coaching perspective clients we were talking to. But I was doing all the discovery and sales calls. I was doing all the fulfillment and coaching, leading the group calls, doing one-on-one calls with our clients as well. And... I was on a super fast track to burnout. I remember last year being in New York City and rotating between these coaching calls and these sales calls in a hotel in New York when I was there to see my family. And yeah, I was burning out. So uh, what I did was I hired a lean team. Um, I like, you know, having fewer A players that, you know, make more money, have more fun, just rather than kind of a bloated organization. And I learned that from when I worked at the hedge fund I worked at before starting this business and it was, first it was just the founder then it was me and the founder and then it was the cfo and it was just us three for a long time managing over 100 million in assets so lean team um but we brought on um a full-time appointment setter um, and then a full-time coach and that was super valuable to me because what happened was we had the appointment setter and then we had um, a coach who could do a lot of fulfillment and service our clients um and then i kind of held on to sales and did all the enrollment calls Um, so that was kind of a path. It was kind of a blueprint for making hundred K a month relatively consistently with a lean team and not getting burnt out because I got off all the coaching calls pretty much other than group calls. I'd run like two hours a week, but to hit 200 K a month, um, I, I realized that kind of the key to that was having two people doing sales. Um, cause what you can do is you can, uh, ramp, what we did was just ramp the amount of leads that you get, which if you don't have an automatic dialed in lead gen system, that's obviously, you know, one of the things we help people with and I've built internally. So to get more prospects on the calendar with us is now to some degree, pretty much a function of just adding another zero to our ad spend or adding another LinkedIn account that we do outreach on 
or, or, you know, whatever the lead gen source is, marketing is relatively scalable digitally without necessarily needing more people. You might have to spend more money, but you don't need more people um, until you get very, very big and you have like a marketing team overseeing all the ads, et cetera. Uh, however, having only one person doing enrollment calls is probably going to cap you at 100 to 150K a month in revenue. Um, so what we did was in June was actually the first month that we had two full-time closers. Now it could have been me doing the sales calls and then one other closer, but I was just ready to kind of run the team, um, have some more fun in life, lean out a little bit. That's a big part of kind of my philosophy around business and what we help people with too is not just kind of how to make more money and build a business, but also how to remove yourself a lot and have a lot of fun and surf and travel and do all the things that I want to do. Um, so I was definitely doing that. I was kind of finishing up my days by 12 or one o'clock and surfing and hanging out and playing more pickleball and being with friends and stuff. And so we had two full-time closers, uh, doing sales calls. And that was really the key to, uh, getting over that 200 K a month hump was because it is a numbers game. Right. And so, uh, we do renew a lot of our clients or upgrade them into, you know, higher end back end programs, but to really kind of cross over that 200K threshold, having two closers was really the game changer for us because we had the calls and we had the leads. There's a lot of people reaching out to us for the business coaching coaches to grow their business, but it was having more people to service them and take those calls and, and get people signed up. So uh, that was like when, when I talk about kind of the first step of how we did it, it was I couldn't have done it alone and specifically having a large enough uh, team of people to do enrollment. Um, and it's not to say that you can't do it without two closers. Like I personally know coaches who have done 200 K months with one closer. Um, the way to do it is to have uh, a very high, like a high priced high end back end, um, renewal solution for existing clients. And if you can get a handful of people into that, let's say you have a $30,000 one year program on the back end, three people into that per month is almost a hundred grand and then do a hundred K of new enrollments. Let's say 10 people in a month on a $10,000 offer. So that's kind of quick math for you. Can't, I've seen people do 200 K a month with one closer, but for us, it was just a lot easier. We had a lot of leads, a lot of capacity on our sale, you know, both closers calendars. And so it just kind of made it easy. Um, all right. Part two, step, step two, kind of 2.2 out of six here, uh, hitting my first 200 K month, how we did it. Step two is it took a lot of changes, not just one. So I remember um, being at a meetup in San Diego where I live and went up to my friend who at the time was uh, making somewhere between a hundred and $200,000 per month in their coaching business. And it's funny because at the time I thought that was such an insanely impossible, insurmountable, unbelievable amount of money. Um, so it's cool to kind of see the growth uh, in myself here, but and, and a good reminder to you guys, if you're listening to this episode and you're like, listen, Brandon, I haven't even started yet and I make 70 grand a year, like this is insane. Or, hey, Brandon, I'm, I'm a coach and I make like five grand a month and I want to scale to 30. These numbers are just kind of un unbelievable or impossible. I'm here to tell you, like I was in the position where I thought, I remember when I actually first left my day job to become a coach my end 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 game was ten thousand dollars a month as a coach because i could make my rent and all my bills and travel and not have a boss and be happy and coach people and i remember even when i first started 
And I was kind of like, okay, how do I even make a few thousand bucks a month? And how will I ever make 10? I remember thinking, I don't know how I'm ever going to make $10,000 a month. And then certainly within the past year or two, maybe two years ago or not even, I remember thinking, I, I don't see any possible, like I could never even imagine making $100,000 a month. So it's really nothing to do with me being any special or whatever. It probably comes down to persistence and hard work um, and not giving up. But I want you to know that this is 100% possible for you and for anyone because I've seen it. But anyway, I was talking to my friend and uh, went up to them and said, hey, you know, I'm just curious. I'm making, you know, $20,000 a month, something in that range, doing my coaching business. What's the one thing that you had to change and do differently to get over 100K a month consistently in your coaching business? And their response, first, they sort of just started laughing at me, like bursting out in laughter. And then once that died down, the response was, it was so many things. And so, and, and I believe that maybe for some people who are right on the cusp and have a lot of things dialed in well and just are kind of stuck at 50K a month or even less, but just have a really good foundational infrastructure, both personally and professionally in the business, maybe could just be one thing for some people, but for my friend, uh, and then certainly for me at the time, it wasn't just one thing. It was a lot of things. So the first one that I really had to work through was the confidence in my value that I could provide to other people. Um, I had to really develop not only my personal self-worth and identity, but also the confidence in the services that I was providing to people because my old mindset and framework was very much like, why me? Is my content good? Can I really help people? Is this even valuable? Was where I started. And then yesterday I was putting some notes together because I'm teaching a training on uh, this coming Tuesday to some of my clients uh, who are coaches on how to leverage uh, low cost Facebook ads, how to get it all set up in under a week and start getting clients and leads through Facebook ads spending, you know, as low as five, $10 per day. And I was putting this training together not to kind of toot my own horn or be arrogant or anything, but I was like, Hey, this is like, you know, kind of world-class content. Like I know this stuff really, really well. And it's again, not cause I'm better than anyone or special, but because I've been in the space for nearly a decade and I've run many Facebook ads and spent, you know, multiple five figures a month on ads. And again, there's people out there spending a lot more than me. One of my business coaches spends, I think $800,000 a month on Facebook ads for his business. And I'm sure he knows a bajillion times more than me, but I was putting the notes together and I was like, you know what, this is really good. And then there's some other things that are even more specific to me that I have a skill set around. For example, how to make hundred K a month straight up with LinkedIn cold outreach and with no ad spend. And I feel like I know that even better than that business coach I mentioned, cause that's something that we've scaled more successfully or I've been doing personally for a lot longer. So it was developing that confidence in my in personal and my worth. And then certainly in the content and the services, the coaching and consulting that I provide, because once I started to believe in that and have more confidence and speak with more authority and conviction, what I noticed was we started to attract a lot more clients and also our existing clients started paying attention to what we had to say more and implementing what we were sharing more frequently and then starting to really get better results. Um, and kind of a quick story around that was uh, there's this great guy that uh, worked with us, um, I think in 2022, uh, and then maybe a little bit of 2023, great guy, 
um, such a role model to me in his family life and in many ways, and just a, such a great person. And I remember that he spoke with uh, one of our appointment setters originally. He came through LinkedIn. Um, and then I jumped on with him, got him signed up. He was, you know, I, I got a shout out to uh, Tony Robbins right now because this is not the first client that I've signed up that has come right out of a Tony Robbins event, all fired up and excited about life and ready to try something new. So, Tony, if you're listening to my podcast, which I'm sure you're not, <laughs> but if you ever catch this episode specifically, I just want to personally thank you because we've had um, we even had a guy one time I think we spoke to and we pitched and we shared what we did and he didn't he couldn't do it or he didn't want to do it, whatever. And then he went to a Tony Robbins event. And then uh, came back and called us the next day. He's like, yo, I got to take massive action. I'm ready to go. I need to take healthy risk and do this. And he jumped in and he was an awesome client also. But anyway, the guy I'm thinking about specifically went to, I think, Unleash the Power Within, came back, was ready to leave this kind of dysfunctional startup that he was involved with because he had the wrong business partners and whatever, and started his own business. And he came to us, he signed up, and... Uh, he, the way we did the payment plan was I think we did it through uh, Venmo because, you know, he had some kind of credit card situation happening, whatever it was, wasn't a big deal, but he winds up sending me the, all these Venmos and, uh, which is great. Right. And, uh, he sent me a little bit more than what we charged, like a hundred dollars more. And I was like, Oh, it's not a big deal. It's only a hundred bucks. But of course I was going to tell him and just say, Hey dude, you know, you're the man. I appreciate you taking care of everything up front. This is great for our business. And you know, I can get my team paid and ads and everything. Um, however, you sent me an extra hundred dollars. Just, I, I'm just gonna send that back to you on Venmo. So when you see that come back, that's from me. And you know, anyway. and uh, he said something to me along the lines of, you know, that's fine. I appreciate you saying that. Uh, I just want you to know, though, the reason why I paid it and et cetera is because you're worth every penny. And that was like a kind of mic drop moment for me, where in the past, I don't know if I would have really been able to let that in and say, okay, yeah, I am worth every penny. I am worth it. I do have that value, like where I can help you and the changes we can make are worth this investment. And so in that moment, I remember accepting that and thanking him for that and taking that in. And that was a real game changing moment for me to say, you know what? He's right. And these other people are right. And I am worthy and I do have value. And so, and, and my services have value obviously as well, kind of much more on that, but that was a big moment for me to really kind of get my mindset dialed in around the worth and the worthiness. And, you know, another way to kind of build that up, if you don't have that mindset is to surround yourself with people or even hire a coach who does, um, because the co one of the coaches I was working with at the time when I was kind of working on this and growing in this area of my life was, um, this coach that I have, I still work with. He's an awesome dude. And, he said, uh, or I said to him at one point, just kind of like giving him a hard time, total joke. I was like, dude, man, you know, you guys are great, but I pay you guys more every month than I pay for my mortgage on my house, which is true. And he said like immediately without even thinking and just with total confidence and conviction, he said, yeah, but we're worth it or something like that. And they were because, you know, they would give me one line or say this differently or do this. And then boom, we'd make 20 grand, 50 grand more in a month or whatever. So it, he was right but it was that confidence and conviction that he possessed that I was exposing myself to and surrounding myself with that brought my mindset up a notch or many notches. So, you know, the second thing I want to say was it took a lot of changes, not just one. So the mindset was just one of the many, many changes I had to make. The others were, you know, and this is where you might want to go listen to that episode where I talk about how to build a hundred K month coaching business. It's getting uh, one offer, like really focusing on one specific 
coaching offer, one high ticket price point, one signature program. So I had to really kind of like create, cultivate and prove that with clients and make sure it worked and the format made sense because first it was all group and there was no one-on-one, which wasn't really good for a lot of people who needed that extra one-on-one support. Then it was one-on-one, a lot of one-on-one, but I was getting burnt out doing all the fulfillment. Then it was group plus one-on-one, which is what works best for us now, but having coaches to kind of support those one-on-one sessions so I can focus on growing the business and managing the team. So it's kind of figuring out the offer, getting the right price point. First, it was massive, but people were paying it, but it wasn't really sustainable financially for some people. So then we brought it down and made it more affordable and kind of kept it there. That's good. So it was getting the offer dialed in. It was getting the team dialed in. It was learning how to hire, learning how to ramp people, learning how to manage people. It was learning how to do lead gen at scale. So you know, really dialing in a process around our LinkedIn approach, which is awesome because again, there's no ad spend around that, but getting an appointment setter to first do it, then getting a virtual assistant to do it, then getting a virtual assistant to build the campaigns for more outreach. And so it was getting the LinkedIn dialed in, it was getting Google ads set up, um, which we love and run very successfully, not YouTube, but actually Google search ads. Uh, we're really good at that. And um, that's one of our best lead gen sources getting the right partner agency to help us with that. And for me to kind of learn keyword research and these types of things, uh, then it was getting Facebook ads set back up. I had experience with that in the past, but getting that set up again on this offer, building the creatives out, et cetera. So again, just a ton of things that kind of went into it, not just one typically. Now, again, some people, like I said, might have it all kind of dialed in. They might have the right team. They might have the right offer. They might know how to do lead gen or have that infrastructure built out but maybe they just need the right closer. Like one good sales rep can be the difference between 20, 30K a month and 130K a month, especially if you only have room for one person to sell, right? Or the lead gen for one person. So it took a lot of changes, not just one. Um, Point three out of six is uh, for me to get to 200K a month, it would have taken me so much longer without a business coach, or in my case, multiple business coaches. And so, I don't want to say I couldn't have done it without the one-on-one support and the coaching support, but I know it would have taken me a lot longer to get there because I know that for years I was kind of doing it on my own and I had some mentors and people kind of helping me, but I was very heavily investing in life coaches and relationship coaches, which was all super helpful and valuable for me. However, I think a lot of my anxiety and the reason I needed a life coach was because I had issues with money and I wasn't making enough money and I had a lot of anxiety with my business and the business wasn't working, performing, and I probably could have saved a lot of energy and time from the life coaches and the therapy by just actually hiring a business coach and fixing my business and then making money consistently and helping people consistently. And, you know, then a lot of the anxiety and pain and fear would have just gone away. So, um, finally I met this guy, um, several years ago and he was just kind of adamant that he was going to help me and I appreciate him being persistent with me because his value was tremendous and that was when I really started to go from kind of like 8 10k a month right up to 30 very very fast like he taught me a lot very quickly and was very valuable so um he was kind of like he validated business coaching for me because I had to kind of get over that like hump of I just need, you know, my business is fine. I just need to invest in life coaches. Like I'm very grateful for that experience, which was very serendipitous and fortuitous how we got connected through a long story of mutual friends because he very quickly kind of just showed me some of the nuts and bolts that even now we teach obviously with my own spin on it and my approach. 
um, but got me to 30K a month like very, very quickly. Then um, the story for the next coach was I thought I was good and I thought I just needed a, a closer to do the sales calls for me. And so I reached out to a couple companies and uh, one of them specifically was like, look, we can place a sales rep in your team, but based on everything you're telling me, you definitely need more than that. Cause we'll give you a sales rep and they'll probably just quit. Like you need an infrastructure and lead gen and all these things dialed in to retain the closer. And they were absolutely right. So, um, you know, I would say kind of like having some great people in my life initially when I was living in New York city, kind of helping shape me, helping me become more confident, decisive, um, you know, healthily aggressive, not, you know, ever bulldozing, but, you know, having a really good friend and mentor, I was surrounding myself with good, healthy, successful people. Then that first business coach who taught me a lot about sales. Like what I didn't realize was the biggest problem. I mean, leads were a problem too for me, but I was always to some degree personable and always kind of leveraging LinkedIn to some degree where I could set up calls and meetings. And I had a network of people in person that I would always kind of invest in. So kind of for me being stuck in kind of the 10, 12K a month range was very much a function of kind of lack of confidence, lack of assertiveness, lack of ability to close and enroll and take payment and kind of get deals done. And so that was kind of where that first business coach came in and kind of getting through that and getting confident and being able to, you know, without another person on my team or without proposals and without long sales processes or send me the contract or let me think about it, <clears throat> which I was doing all of those and making all those mistakes, I was probably losing about half of my potential clients because they would get in their own head or get afraid and talk themselves out of it because they didn't have the right leadership from me to kind of get them signed up. So that was uh, a huge learning lesson initially. And then once I kind of got more confident and kind of crossed that 30, 40 K month range, <clears throat> obviously having some really robust, high level, high quality coaches who, you know, like where I kind of at now had a team, had processes, had video content, all these things um, to help me get to the next level was massive. And again, could I, you know, piecemeal it together through YouTube university as I like to call it, or, you know, kind of, pulling scraps from friends, you know, in between their, when they're running their business. Sure. But you know, what's like four years of my time worth it's, it was worth making an investment to cut the curve and get there a lot faster with the right support and business coaching and consulting. All right. Uh, step four out of six, I couldn't have done it without personal development. So I needed to really grow a lot personally, like I mentioned around my mindset, but even emotionally, like when I started getting on a lot of sales calls, and a lot of discovery calls with prospective coaching clients, you start to encounter a lot of stories and a lot of mindset issues and a lot of no's, obviously it just, you know, the more calls you take, the more no's you're going to get, the more yeses you're going to get too, but the more no's you're going to get also. And one of the things that I used to do was I just, I took the no as a personal attack on my worth and my value. And so the old Brendan would do anything he could to not get a no, including offering more of my time, lowering the prices, negotiating deals, selling one session instead of a five month offer, doing all these different things because I was so averse to that no, cause it would be painful and it would hurt my feelings and it would do all these things that I just did whatever it took to get the yes. And the problem is you first, you build a horrible business with tons of 
low quality clients that don't see your value and try to structure the program the way they think works best for you. And you, once you start, once, if they start saying, well, I only need this much time and I only want to pay you this and you agree to it, what happens is they're subconsciously becoming the coach and the leader of the relationship so that when you actually get on the coaching sessions with them, the frame has already been set that they're kind of in charge and they get to call the shots and they're never going to get the results that you want them to get or that they're here to get with that type of dynamic. So what happened was I started to hold firm on pricing and length and, and process more than anything else. Like this is the process that's going to work for you based on what we've seen and we do. And I started getting a ton of no's and it started to really mess me up um, in my mindset. So I had to do a lot of personal development around that to realize that when people say no and the value's there and the need is there and the, like it's all lined up, it's very much uh, about them and really has nothing to do with me. So um, kind of re like strengthening emotionally, um, also raising my standards for hiring. One of the things that I had to look at was in the past, I used to be a people pleaser. I used to have low standards and kind of all areas of my life, relationships, friendships, hiring. And so again, it translated into hiring where even though I knew this is exactly what I need in someone out of either a scarcity mindset or low self-esteem, whatever, I would just bring on people that didn't make sense, couldn't do the job, weren't the right fit. And a lot of it had to do with kind of lack of abundance mindset around people and talent being out there. So I had to work through that, uh, had to become a better leader. I had never led a team. Like when I was a lawyer, I was the most junior associate. And when I was an investment banker, technically I was an associate and had analysts underneath me, but I was a very young associate. I was 25, I think. And so I was kind of like an analyst and typically would be staffed on banking deals with seniors. It would be like me, then a senior associate VP managing director. And so I didn't really have a lot of experience managing analysts because I, I was also kind of focused on recruiting for hedge fund jobs too, which is what the analysts were doing. So I was kind of like hanging out with the analysts a lot and the bullpens and kind of getting ready for hedge fund interviews and stuff like that with them. So I was seen kind of more as a peer than uh, their superior. So, and then after that, I went to the hedge fund and again, it was the founder and me. And then we had, um, we had a CEO or sorry, CFO, CEO slash COO, awesome guy. But he kind of was on his own Island. Like, no, like he didn't report to me. I don't report to him. And then we hired a couple other investment analysts over the years. But again, we were all kind of our standalone analysts. None of them. I wasn't like, you know, the head analyst and they reported to me. Like we, there was just three of us that all reported to the founder who he was kind of the head analyst. So yeah, never really had any experience managing people. And the only thing harder than managing people when you work for an organization is managing people for your own business because your kind of money and life and everything sort of is reliant to some degree on them. And for me, it came up with a lot of control and fear and frustration and kind of feeling out of control. And so not knowing how to do that, and so I really had to lean into, you know, Patrick Lencioni and other thought leaders on leadership and how to really build that skill set and grow in that arena, um, which was hugely valuable uh, to me and has also kind of helped me shape culture and create a positive environment for the people on my team. So the kind of summarizing point four, it's, I really had to do a lot of personal development. Like tactically, you could give me a piece of paper and say, just do this, do that, do that. And you'll make 200 K a month. But the reality is 
that would be like me saying, oh, you want to get in really good shape. Like here's a 300 pound weight. Just put this over your head right now and do it 30 times. And you're like, well, I can't do that. It's just, that won't work. So, okay, let's start with the 10 pound weight. And we do that and we work your way up to it. And it was the same thing. Like tactically, I was supposed to hold my team accountable to key performance indicators and do coaching and call reviews and all these things. But if I didn't have good leadership skills and kind of the backbone and the tools required to be able to execute on those things, then I couldn't make it happen, which is what was originally happening in my team and organization. So a lot of personal development, a lot of working up to it. Um, point five, kind of self-explanatory, but it took letting go and trusting others, right? When you start bringing people on, it's easy to micromanage and have a hard time letting go. Even kind of some of the LinkedIn lead gen stuff we used to do, I used to do it all myself and letting it go to someone else was tough for me. And, and to be fair, like you don't want to just hand stuff off too quickly. Cause I've made the mistake on both ends of the spectrum where uh, first I would hold on to stuff way too tightly and not trust them. But then in an attempt to let go, I would just way too frivolously let go of everything and put it all in the hands of someone who's not fully ramped up yet. And then you're kind of setting them up and the business up for failure, which isn't good either. I remember last year hiring a closer um, and just giving him all the calls and kind of all the pressure and all the weight of the business is now on this guy's shoulders. And I'm kind of like watching him like a hawk and fearful and overseeing it and being afraid, et cetera. And the reality is all I need to do is say, hey, dude, um, you know, I probably first of all should have waited until we had more call volume and then said, and then brought a closer on and, and split the calls 50, 50 with him. Cause if I'm proven at 40, 50, yeah, really high close right now, obviously, um, you know, don't just give all the calls to someone else, like hold on to some of them, partner on it together, have him shadow me. We split the calls and this way you don't put all that pressure on that person, but you can let go and trust them to some degree. So, if I needed to control the outcome and have everything go exactly a certain way and be in total control, never would have been able to do this. And uh, point six that I'll kind of end with is I had to accept that not everything will go right and it doesn't need to go right. It's not supposed to all go right. And in fact, you need to get accustomed to the fact that as you scale anything, you are going to have problems, challenges, and things are going to break and that's to be expected. And sometimes something doesn't work or breaks because it wasn't built right and it's flagging to you and it's an opportunity to fix it and build it correctly. But other times it's just, it's a situation that's not going to work out. Someone's not going to sign up. Someone's going to fall out of the program. Something's going to happen that just is out of our control. And the mindset I had to start to adopt was not everything needs to go perfectly right for me to be okay. And for this business to make money to, Hey, we have abundance. We're scaling. So many things are going right that we're not going to win them all. Not everything's going to go perfectly according to plan. And you, build a business model and a, where you have that margin where not everything needs to work out in order for the business to be successful. So that was a good learning lesson for me because what I used to do is something would go wrong and I would instantly freak out and kind of go into this panic mode of like, we have to fix this immediately. Otherwise the business is going to fail to the point where, you know, something goes wrong and you're like, okay, you know, first of all, winners anticipate losers react. I was kind of already anticipating that thing to, kind of go wrong and that client to fall off or them not to be able to pay or whatever. So that's fine. And even if it is kind of unexpected, it's still, Hey, it's all good. You know, we're making money. We're doing a lot of things, right? Everything's going to be fine. It's not a big deal. So that is my summary of the six points of how I hit my first 200 K a month. Uh, thanks for listening. And I hope you have a great day.
Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Brendan Burns Show. If it's your first time here, please make sure to subscribe on the Apple Podcasts app or in Spotify. Also, please leave us a rating or written review. This helps others learn about the show and spread the word to new and more people. Thanks again for listening and have a great day.